Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. Um, This is Lindsay and we're having our uh, eighth episode today and it's Studying Art, Music, and Nature Study, the Charlotte Mason Way. I am really happy to be back here. Uh, Thank you, Rochelle, for taking over the last couple of weeks while the apocalypse at our house. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Every manner of (laughs) illness. Just thankful that March is over and we're we're getting warmer weather where we're at. <laughs> well, um, we are very excited today to be back to our Charlotte Mason uh, series that we've been doing. And um, today we're, like I said, we're talking about nature study, music, and art. Those are always the the fun subjects, aren't they? <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of times yeah. That's always people kind of put them off to the side. It's like a cursory nod to them that. That is given, and um, you know, in in public schools, they've been trimming them from the subject matter for many years. Right, and, right. Yeah, I, I think that it, it is. Oftentimes, I think with a lot of other homeschoolers, it seems like it's the easy thing to push aside. It's you know, the simple thing to oh well, the most important thing to get done today, or math and reading, and as long as you get that done, then we're cool. You know, then we don't have to move on. But I think that you're really going to miss out. And I think there are ways to incorporate these subjects in with your core subjects, you know, to integrate them a little bit so you can provide a well-rounded education for your child. Well, I agree with you. I have actually been doing a lot of reading on Charlotte Mason. You've gotten me so excited about this subject and this method of teaching that I've been doing more and more reading about it. And I've had a lot of fun um, looking into just the idea of – moving out of the public school method, even though we homeschool, you if that's how you grew up learning, it's like you fall into old habits. And right, so right. Um, this has been really good for me to read more about this method and to read. It's just a wealth of knowledge out there on Charlotte Mason, just Googling <laughs> everything about Charlotte Mason and being able to just kind of drink in this brand new, for me, brand new information, even though for her it wasn't even, it wasn't a new way of teaching. This is historical. This is how children have been taught for, and that's when we talk about nature study and art and music. That was an integral part of what children learned all throughout history, and it's only been in the last, you know, so many um, decades, couple hundred years that we have started to strip this from education, and that's that's not a good thing. And there there's a reason it was there for so many years. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. So since we think it's so important, let's see what are the ways that we can incorporate these, or what have we learned about how Charlotte Mason. And I think the thing that you'll be people will be the most surprised if they're not already familiar 
with the Charlotte Mason method concerning these particular subjects is that it it's not that intensive. It's not something that's going to take an hours and hours and hours of your day. It's not it sounds intimidating to do composer studies if you're not someone who is familiar with a lot of composers or music or if you're not an art aficionado, it sounds a little intimidating, but it's really not. It's it doesn't take a lot of your time and you don't do both at once anyway. You know, like one semester you can do a composer study, the next you can do your art study, art appreciation. And it you'll be surprised that it's really not something that's going to it's not as intimidating as it sounds. You'll get through it and you'll enjoy it just as much as they do. It is one of those subjects that you can learn along with your child. And that's what's kind of really cool about it is learning as a family. Yes, I, I agree with you. And we have actually been doing art for some time and have, you know, our, our books that we stick with. I, have you ever heard of that series called um, Artistic Pursuits? Oh, I yes, really like yes. that. We've been using that for for the last three years, I want to say. And I, I really enjoy that series. It's kind of, they're expensive books. They're spiral bound. But they're really, um, as you go through, you study art. Um, the history of art, and then it also teaches you um, how to right. do how to use pastels and sketch and things. And I, I love that about it. Um, yeah, I don't very know if you've well ever done. Use that. Yes, yeah, I, I, I really like that one. And yeah, it's it's very very well done. I really enjoyed when the um, artistic pursuits they were studying their picture study that they would do. Um, I tried to correlate the rest of my when I did art study. Because I'm not a Charlotte Mason purist, so for the purists, they might think, oh, no, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm not a purist, but I would take the concepts and, you know, just like I'm a very hard-headed person and I like to go my own way. So I took what I liked and made it my own, but I would often use that as my guide for picture studies. Not all the time, because I usually drive – the driving force behind my homeschool is normally history. So when we study um, – composers are, or artists, it's usually within the time frame that we're studying. And that's artistic a good pursuit idea. Not, is, Keeps you on yeah, and it's not really set up that way, but because I had kids that really like doing art, I, I let them do art, and that was a side. It wasn't, I didn't use artistic pursuits as art appreciation as they got older, but when they were younger, I did. I kind of like focused on those particular picture studies. And then as I got older, I, I did a little Charlotte Mason way where I had because simply Charlotte Mason, they have these beautiful packets with picture studies, and they go by um, historical per time periods. So I bought the ones for the historical time period that we were studying, and you take out this beautiful picture, and it could either be a painting or a piece of arch or architecture or a piece of pottery, you know, something of that nature, and you put it up, and it gives you the history behind it, and you just, that would be, you know, displayed in your homeschool room for, you know, a week, or, and then you can, you know, talk about it, or I do projects off of it, but and ask them questions about it, and it would only take about five ten minutes a day, if that. But it, my kids really love it, and I didn't get rid of those pictures because I loved them so much. They were like when oh, I was getting rid really of curriculum. Neat. Yeah, they're like, no, don't get rid of those. <laughs> so, and that's it, so that was a really great product, and I I don't remember exactly what it was called, but if they're familiar with Simply Charlotte Mason, um, you'll see they'll have the picture study. You go right into their site where there's picture study and it's beautiful because it's not just paintings which I thought was really cool so it gives just a, a lot of information a lot of different types of art to study 
Now, and that's one way to do it. That's more like a picture study. It wasn't studying an artist in particular. So it depends on how you plan to do it. Some people study an artist in particular. And, of course, there's beautiful resources out there. Um, getting to know you, um, or what is it, getting to know the world's greatest, and they have the greatest artists, getting to know the world's greatest composers. And I think there's another series in that same thing as well. And that will focus on an artist or composer in particular. And you can use that as your main resource for however long you decide to study a particular composer or an artist. Some people do it for nine weeks, you know, whole term, whole semester. Some people do it for less. I tend to do it for less. I'm just like that. <laughs> I could change things up every couple of weeks. So, <laughs> well, that's great. I we have mostly been winging our um, our well, maybe that's the wrong word for it, for art. But like I said, we go through the artistic pursuits, and then of course I have my Esborne books that I love that are all on the history of art, and also takes you through um, masterpieces and maybe how to you know duplicate them at home in your own way. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And we've we've enjoyed doing it that way. So I'm sure there's a few different ways that you can do it. But the the point is the principle behind it is that you want to you want children to have an appreciation for artistic pursuit, <laughs> for right. um, enjoying the arts themselves, and being able. You know, not every child is going to end up being a great artist. <laughs> Some. Some children have skills and uh, some don't. But I do think with practice, even those that maybe aren't naturally talented or gifted in that area can learn certain skill sets that will help them to draw better, whether it be sketching. And sometimes certain children gravitate towards one thing or another. Um, So one child might be great at sketching, whereas maybe another one loves to do watercolors and be able to encourage them in that Um, as they also learn about the history of art and, you know, can come to an appreciation for that as well. Right. Because even if you're not artistic, it's it's about learning the appreciation of it. So it learns the beauty and the artists and their lives. And I, I, I think that's valuable. I think that children will see the value in that and appreciate it, uh, even if they don't have a personal interest in art itself. My son hates all forms of art that he would actually do on his own. I mean, he never even liked coloring, ever. And But he loves history. So learning about artists and composers from a historical point of view and about their lives, that was something he enjoyed so he could still learn to appreciate. He's not as – he can't look at a painting and appreciate it in the way of knowing, you know, line art or cubism or anything like that. He doesn't care about anything like that. Whereas my daughter – uh, two of them, two out of the three, are a little more appreciated, appreciative of the methods that were used and the color choices and symbolism because they just happen to be more artistic. So it's interesting to see how kids with different um, interests relate to art and music. It's a that very interesting thing. And there are so and many it's just, resources yeah. at, li- at your library, even things that you don't necessarily have to buy between your library, online, there are lots of different um, study packs, like you had mentioned at Simply Charlotte Mason, and then um, also even Netflix. I don't know if you have Netflix, but on Netflix, I've actually found quite a few um, art documentaries that go through and explain each art piece, and it's 
they've been very interesting to watch. Sometimes they even have like little um, reenactments, you know, of the the art artist's life um, that go through. Of course, you know, with uh, parents, <laughs> a parent needs to watch it beforehand, depending on the age of the child that they're going to be viewing it with. But um, I found them very interesting, so it's worth right. looking into different ways of learning about it. <laughs> And not much changes over the years when you're studying art and music. Um, maybe um, instead of just listening, oh, what is those? You know those CDs? We both bought them. Um, Maestro's, Maestro. Oh no, you know Maestro Classic. Yes, 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 yes. I was going to bring those up. Yes, when talking about that music, is, it is definitely a great resource. Yes, awesome. and, and that's more for younger kids because as the kids get older. For whatever reason, I've noticed as my children get over older, it didn't really. They, I don't know. They thought it was that they were beyond it. I don't know. They just didn't really. They didn't really grasp toward. You know, they didn't really care about it anymore. I don't want to say babyish because honestly, I don't think it is. I listen to it and I enjoy it. So, but at, for the younger kids, that is a great resource to have. Especially, you know, you just pop that in, and that's another great thing about lo looking at a lot of re different resources that fit your lifestyle. Like, okay, you don't have time, you might think, because, you know, we're, we're busy or you have a lot of kids or you got kids with a lot of different ages. And you're like, well, I don't really have time for this or I don't have time for that. But you get those fees and you can just pop it in your car and on the way to, you know, co-op, on the way to practice, on the way to the grocery store, you know, it's a great thing to have in your car. And then you're constantly studying that. We've done that with history CDs. We've done that with the Meister Classics. And the kids really enjoy it. They look, we almost look forward to getting back into the car <laughs> so we can listen to it. Yeah, we are the forward. same way. We take advantage of a lot of audio <laughs> studies. So, yes, yeah, so it's a great way. It's another another way to do it, you know, just another way. And as the kids we get older, the, they can do their own yes, studies. Yeah, and we can put that in our show notes uh, for our listeners. If, if you're looking for Maestro Classics, uh, just go to iTunes, and you can see that in our show notes, and we'll have that available for you. Because, um, yes, we definitely recommend that. Um, you know, as I was thinking about uh, music study, I really I wanted to suggest, and I, I'll also put this in the show notes, we have been doing something called Children's Music Academy. And it's actually dotted all over the U.S., uh, but it's something, and you can look for it in your area, but I have learned so much through our Children's, and Children's Music Academy about how music affects the brain. And, of course, you can go and Google studies on that. But music really is important to have in our lives. And um, right. the, whether in all different forms. So listening to music, putting music to study. So, uh, you know, as part of me memorization, that's one of the, the children learn facts so much better a lot of times you'll see when you put it to music <laughs> and we do right. the same thing as adults and it also uh it it activates the brain that was the word i was looking for i apologize it activates the brain in a different way than anything else does and you can see that even in patients with um, older patients that have Alzheimer's or dealing with another degenerative brain disease, that often they'll remember hymns from their childhood, even though they can't remember the name of their own child. Um, oh, and so, wow. yes, uh, that, that 
And so music is so important to our brains, and it really should be a priority in our homeschools, even if we don't feel I am I can't sing. So I'm going to admit that I have a very uh, I I can barely stay in tune, <laughs> and so, but it is something that. I think that you can learn. I've actually spoken with my girl's music teacher, and she has said that, you know, with practice, and it actually does come for many people. And it's often just because we're embarrassed that we don't continue practicing throughout our lives, or maybe we had an experience when we were young where, you know, someone said, oh, you don't have a good singing voice. And so we hold back, you know, as we get older. But with practice and listening to good music uh, that we can Singing is important, and Charlotte Mason actually talked about that being a habit in the homeschool was music practice, so learning instruments, and also singing. Both of those are an important part of putting music into our education. Right. I mean, even having classical music playing in the background while you're doing school or while they're doing math or reading or just, you know, just throughout the day, having it on, uh, the learning appreciation for it that way. And you'll, you'll be, see, when before, before you start doing it, if you're not used to listening to classical music, it may sound all the same to you. I mean, I know sometimes at first it did to me. I'm like, well, how am I ever going to tell the difference between this song and that song or this whatever? You this know, composer or that I'm, composer? Yeah, because I'm not a good, I'm not really a music person. So I was like, I'm never going to tell the difference. It's not like I'm listening to the radio and there's voices or there's something that's going to tip me off. But you know, you do, you'll notice that your kids will recognize the differences or recognize, you know, which they don't really call it, what is it, like a concerto comes on or something. See, I don't know music at all. <laughs> I don't really know. Music is not my strong point, which is why I use a lot of resources, like the Meister's Classic and the Getting to Know the World's Greatest Composers. And, and then as my kids got older, they would do their own um, individual study, they would um, like they pick a composer they wanted to study, and they would do notebooking, or they would write a paper, and that's necessary. It's just one way that as they got older, to um, apply the, the same right. lessons. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Uh, picture study, art appreciation, and um, composer studies that can all stay simple all throughout the child's education. All basically, it's exposure. Exposing, exposing your kids to the, to the art. Yeah, and, and that's letting, and even if you're yeah. able to do that for an instrument, it, we don't expect that your child's going to become a prodigy. I don't think that of my own girls as we do piano lessons with this Children's Music Academy. But uh, it is something that they're at least being exposed to, and they'll have a foundation that if they want to pursue it, you know, as the years go on, maybe they can play for their church when they're older. Or even if they don't do anything out and about with it, they have this knowledge and they can play with their own children when they are older and married and have a family. And, you know, I would love for them to homeschool. So, (laughs) And that, you know, and those two subjects, they kind of go hand in hand and, you can do those, like I said, you don't have to do them both at once. Usually people split it up a little, and they'll do a composer study for a term and then maybe an art study after that. But now nature study, however, you can do all year long. 
<laughs> well, and now, yeah, and it also, but the way you do it totally depends on where you live because I am way up north and it is super cold. <laughs> That's, yeah, when it gets cold, our nature study is looking out of a window <laughs> or studying certain um, animals, you know, forest animals, whatever, whatever would be in the area. We don't go out as much, but we try to go out as much as possible, you know, but the, the now, Charlotte Mason. Charlotte Mason said four to six hours outside. <laughs> so where she lived, sure. the weather was I think mild all year. Whereas right. when you get extremes of weather, you know that's kind of hard to be outside for that length of My time. My children would be little popsicles in January. <laughs> yeah, and then in the summer they might like you know and shrivel up. <laughs> I know you can. I, and I've always, see, I was the only parent in the neighborhood that I noticed, because I didn't notice any other kids doing this. My kids were outside all the time uh, when they're young, especially my two older ones. When they were young, they were outside all the time. And the weather really didn't make that much of a difference. And I was always surprised when the other kids were inside, because we had, when there was rain, they'd go outside. Because, I mean, not lightning, but real heavy rain, that was even more fun to go outside. And they'd jump in puddles. We've even made little boats to go down our little stream, you know. That the, that we had this one street that would always flood every time we had heavy rain. And once the rain was over, they would uh, make little boats and put them in the put them in the, the little street over there that would get flooded. And in the winter, when we get blizzards, we'd all go on walks because it's just so beautiful and it's just so perfect. I just love. I mean, I I love the snow for a very short amount of time. Um, and only on certain conditions. <laughs> but I've, I've noticed that a lot of people don't do that as much anymore, and I think that's a real shame because you learn to appreciate nature the same way you learn to appreciate music and art, and that's just immersing yourself in it. And it can be in the background for you to still gain something positive out of it. You don't have to be a naturist yourself, or you know, you don't have to have to know every leaf and every tree and and again just like with art and music that's another subject those subjects that you learn along with your kids and it's so exciting to go on hikes because that's what we did we go on hikes and we look up um, little trail guides and if you go to nature preserves they often will have what kind of trees and leaves and right uh, exactly wildlife and things of that nature and then you bring your little books out there they're in little journals and they would collect things and draw things and but as they well, get older, thought, they don't really like to do that as much. <laughs> right. Well, I thought this was a neat quote that I found about nature study. So much depends on our own attitude to the things of life, and especially in this subject. It is our it is our personal attitudes towards the wonders of nature that in practice will be of more value to the child than many words. And that's just getting back to the principle of nature study, that it, we are instilling the same way as with art and music. We're hoping to instill a love for the world around them and also to encourage them to see God's power in nature and his and God's artistic um, ability in nature and his, his all-powerfulness, if we want to say that, to be able to create such wonderful, beautiful things in the world right around them and to, for them to come to appreciate that. I think nature um, journaling is a really neat and practical way for someone to get started in nature study. I, I know that I 
felt a little overwhelmed, you know, trying to think, okay, so we're just going to go outside for, you know, so long and just walk around. And I did come to understand through a lot of reading that nature study is meant through Charlotte Mason is meant to be uh, a more, it's not just free play. Uh, free play is totally fine, but nature study itself isn't meant to be necessarily just the kids go outside and play, mom goes inside and works. It is supposed to be a group event and a little bit more, um, uh, what word am I looking for? Like pointed, where you're guided. That word, that's the word. <laughs> um, and with the nature notebook, what you want to sit down and actually write in it, it's just a you can just pick a sketchbook, and what you would put in it is what you see. So let's say you see a caterpillar on a leaf, and you would sit down, um, and each child could pick a different item, or maybe you could all look at this one caterpillar on the leaf, and you would write in your nature notebook what you see, where you see it, any other observations from what's around it. And then the point of the nature notebook is to actually embellish it with an image, so have the child draw what they see, so the leaf and the caterpillar, or maybe if they think the caterpillar is really neat with a certain design on it or its feet, then it can, the child can focus in on that and draw another picture along with that. And then to add, you would add poetry or a verse or something like that that comes to mind, and that's the way that they personalize it, and there's more of an emotional attachment to it. Have you ever done that part of nature study? Well, the way that we did it when they had their nature notebooks, and um, we didn't always go to parks and hikes, and that's one thing I did want to point out. I live in a neighborhood. I live in a city, and I know a lot of people who do think, well, I can't do nature study every day because I'm not going to go to the park every day. And you'll be surprised what you find in your own backyard. And I know it sounds boring to you now because you look out the window and you're like, there's my backyard. Okay, I've seen it a million <laughs> times. And you're right, you've seen it a million times. But have you ever gone out there and decided that you were going to draw a blade of grass? Because if you get down on that level and you decide that that's what you're going to do and you assign that to your ch children, let's get down really low, let's look, and let's draw what's there. You're going to find things or your children are going to find things, they're going to find ants and other bugs and life that's going on that they wouldn't have noticed before. And you're going to, and that's another thing, it's building a habit of attentiveness and to, you know, seeing details. So you're going to see things that, you know, you, you didn't realize your backyard is going to be something new to you because you're, it's going to be a whole new light. And another great thing to do that we, we have also done is as you keep your nature journal through the seasons, you want to look a window and look out of it where there's maybe a tree or something. And you don't, you don't have to look out your window. You can go outside too. But we, we live in an area where uh, there are times that it's we can still go out, but it gets really cold, so we wouldn't be out there very long anyway, at least not long enough to draw a picture. But pick a something that's going to be there all year, not you know, you know like a tree or something that's going to be there, and then draw it at the beginning of each season so you can see the changes. And because we take it for granted how, you know, okay, there's the tree, and then now there's no leaves, now there's snow on it, now there's whatever. But it's kind of a way to get your kids to slow down, really look at it, and appreciate it. Yeah. You know, look at the tree. You know how we say stop and smell the flowers? Well, it's kind of kind of the same thing. We want to stop and look at look at what's going on. Notice that, you know, God is so amazing. You're going to notice that if you're gardening or you're looking at these trees changing through the seasons, you're going to, all these beautiful lessons 
you know, that's in God's word are going to come to your mind. And you're going to be sharing those with your kids. It's going to be like these devotionals that will be going on at the same time. So it, it becomes a very beautiful thing when you immerse yourself in it. And it's still only, it doesn't have to be more than even 20 minutes if you don't have time that day or you're busy that day. If you're running around, we all we have busier lives than um, people used to have when they could spend so much time outside. Some people don't have the opportunity to be outside for so long, for hours and hours on end. But don't let that discourage you, even if you had... 15, 20 minutes, you know, take a sketchbook, sketch something, look at something, and if they notice the change, grow something outside and have them draw the stages of it as it's growing. And so even if you're not going to go to a preserve or, you know, you're going some, you know, whatever it is, you know, if you're in a city or you're just not going to, I lived, like I said, in the city, but I didn't have a car for a long time. And although we had a park that was near us we could walk to, you know, not having a car meant we were home a lot. But we still did nature study, and we still found new things or ways to look at things. So even, you know, don't think that you have to go somewhere amazing. You have to go to these, you know, the Grand Canyon just to do a nature study. You can do it in your own backyard. You can plant a flower outside and track that. Or inside. It's and it's cold. Or inside. <laughs> you can get a grow lamp. You can get a grow lamp and watch it all happen yeah. inside. It, it can all happen regardless. Use the concepts with what you already have, you know, with what you, what you have to deal with. You know, you can make it easy. It doesn't have to be hard it, because we're not necessarily teaching about that a tree in particular, which, of course, you can. It's bigger than that. So think of the bigger, broader concepts and think, what am I trying? What am I really trying to teach out of this? What is, you know, it, not only is it the science of nature, well, if it's the science of nature, like, you know, Lindsay said, you can plant something inside your house. You can have a little herb garden in there, and you can have your kids watch that if perhaps you live in an apartment. I lived in an apartment with two kids for a, a couple years, and so we didn't have a yard. We had an apartment complex. So that's there are other ways that you can do, still appreciate nature, still do the nature study without always having to make it an event. And I think that's why sometimes people get a little discouraged with the things that sound like nature study and music and art is because we think it might have to be an event. You know, it has to be big, and it really doesn't. It, it doesn't have to be big. It has to be almost like this fabric that you're weaving through your homeschool of this appreciation right. for arts and nature. And if you have a hard time fitting, I think it's important that we don't look at these all the time as separate subjects either. You can integrate science and nature study. Um, I had actually listened to something Cindy West had said um, of the fact that for younger years in particular, nature study can be your science. So we don't have to read a whole science curriculum plus that. Um, we, can, we can combine these things and help it help ease the load so it doesn't have to be overwhelming. For, for moms who have uh, children who who are struggling learners, uh, being able to take breaks for music and art and nature during the day can, I believe, help help children who do struggle to sit still and can help get the extra energy out, you know, in a different format and then bring bring it back to any book work that you have if need be. I know with Charlotte Mason it was considered the book work was in the morning and then you would spend your your time outdoors in the afternoon. But 
you know, again, like you said, you have to make it work for your homeschool schedule and be able to apply those principles in what works for your home. So if you do have struggling learners or kids who don't like to still, being able to do pockets of time with music and with art and with nature study is a great way to bring their attention back in uh, because they right. get, get, get that out in a different format. So we've talked about a lot of different a lot of different methods, a lot of different ways that you can kind of like tailor make it to your own homeschool, and a lot of resources. And even though we mentioned all these resources, we will make sure that we link to them so you don't have to worry that you're going to miss something. All you have to do is when you go to the site, you're going to notice the little description of the podcast, and under that there's going to be links to the products and things that we've mentioned, things that might be of interest to you that might aid you in your developing your studies for your children. We hope that that was profitable for you, and we, we hope your kids learn to enjoy art and music and enjoy it as a family. It's, it's a great thing to even talk about around the dinner table or to play music during that time. So and thank you all for joining us once again, and make sure to visit us on TalkingMomToMom.com. We have a lot of fun stuff going on on our blog, a lot of printables and a lot of other su- subjects that we talk about, and you can visit us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash talking mom to mom and join the discussions that we have there as well. Try to keep that as active as we possibly can, but always feel free to ask a question or make a suggestion either on something that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, on the blog, or a question that you have about homeschooling. You can even email us at info at talkingmomtomom.com and let us know um, anything, like a suggestion, like I said, if you have a suggestion or a comment or something that you would like us to discuss, uh, we would be more than happy to get your feedback and to hear from you because we're here for you. So thank you once again for joining us, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.